What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Daily Records Off The Record podcast with me, David McCarthy, and Keith Jackson, as once again, we speak to the biggest names behind some of the biggest stories in the game. Today, we welcome all the way from California, a man who epitomised Rangers as they won nine titles in a row in the 90s. Leading from the front, he captained a side that contained some of the biggest names in world football at the time, Gascoigne, Loudrop, Haitley, to name but three. A remarkable career has seen him win a league title with Dundee United and skipper Spurs in an FA Cup final before becoming, in my humble opinion, Rangers' greatest ever centre-back. He went on to win nine titles at Ibrox, three Scottish Cups and six League Cups, as well as 61 caps for Scotland, which could and should have been far more. We're delighted to be joined this afternoon by Richard Goff. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thanks, guys. Goffy, how are you doing? I'm very well. Keith, yourself? Yeah, not bad. Probably a little bit colder than you are just now, but apart from that, all good. All good here in California, yeah, all good. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Richard, we'll, we'll just get started, um, if you don't mind, with just having a wee look at, before you went on that remarkable journey at Ibrox, of course, you did work with the, the, the managerial genius that was Jim McLean, and you, you actually won a league title back in 1983 with Dundee United. Just wonder if you can give us some of your some of your thoughts on what it was like to work with wee Jim, and just how big a grounding or how great a grounding that spell was for you in your early part of your career? Um, I think it was. Uh, it was huge for me. Um, you know, I had a spell down at Charlton Athletic when I was 16 as, a, as an apprentice professional, and I got very homesick uh, for, for Johannesburg at that time. But then when I came back about a year later, when I was 17 into Scotland, um, and I had my grand living in Hillington, in uh, in um, in Glasgow, so that was a big uh, that was huge for me that I could go home, that I could go back to my grand on a weekend, and then drive up to 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 Tannadice. Um Little did I know, the assistant manager at the time up there was Walter Smith, and he would play such a huge part in in my career as well, because I can remember having a trial at a Broth at Gayfield. And I never played so well, but I played next to Walter as a centre back, and he must have seen something in me at the time. And um, um, I said I was on my way up to to, to Alex Ferguson at, at Aberdeen for 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 my for my, for my next trial if I, if they uh-huh. never if they never wanted me. And um, we Jim signed me on a ten year contract or something. You know, <laughs> you only got a short term deal for twenty quid a week. 
You know what I mean? So it was like, it was unbelievable. But um, no, but I was, I sometimes look back on that period and Dundee United had a very good team. I mean, they had, a, they had Hegarty and Neri, they had Malpass, um, as, you know, and a, as a young player with me coming through, they had Sturrock, they had Ralphie Milne, who was a very good friend of mine. And so we had a very good team. And in those days, you could keep your players. So mm. we, you know, you know, from, from 80 to, say, maybe 85, you know, it was the Aberdeen and Dundee United were, we had, we had, we must probably had better players than, than Celtic and Rangers did during that period. I can remember going through the 1986 World Cup finals and Dundee United had five players in the, mm. in the, in the, in the squad, which yeah. would be unheard of now. Um, you know, we actually, during that period, we should have won a couple more titles. We got to the semi-final of a European Cup final. And I sometimes say to people, you know, to the kids of today, we were, I played in a semi-final of the Champions League, you know, and they say, oh, no, I, you know, with Dundee United, they, they, and they can't believe that. You yeah. know, in, in, in Rome, um, we got beat 3-0. Um, we won 2-0 at, at home to Tannadais. Um, you know, so remarkable, remarkable time at that period. And, um, uh, you know, at the end, 86, I mean, there was, I can always remember there was, uh, it was different back then. So you didn't know what was going on with the transfers, but people used to phone me up. Uh, you'll remember old, old Jim Roger from yeah. back day. He used to call me all the time and say, this Manchester United want you and, and uh, and Tottenham want you, and Arsenal want you, and uh, I said, well, he says, but they can't. Jim McLean won't take any calls from them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was from the age of twenty-one, you know. So I, I, I don't know, you know. So eventually, it came down to the stage in eighty-six. I was twenty-four, and it was, um, you know, Graham Sooners had come in for me to in the beginning to, to when he came to Rangers to try and get me. And he was my captain at the Scotland team, obviously. So he had worked with me for, for since I was 20, making my debut along with, alongside Charlie Nicholas in, in 1983 against Switzerland. And, um, uh, you, know, you know, in those days, when he came to Rangers, he, he wanted me to be the first signing. And uh, there was no way Jim McLean was going to have that. So... He went ahead and signed Terry Butcher, which was a great signing for the club. And then a year later, you know, people used to think that I went to Tottenham for a year and then it was all set up that I would come back. That wasn't the case. Um, Rangers paid so much money for me. I think 1.5 million at that time. It doesn't sound much today, but in those days, the money, for, a, for especially for a defender. Mm. And uh, Graham did me the benefit of saying to the press that this boy will play for us for 10 years. And it'll cost us £150,000 a year. <laughs> and um, it took a lot of pressure off me, you know, during that time. But uh, I, had a, I had a marvellous time at Rangers. Went on to win, like, 18 trophies, you say. I'm glad you said that, David. My 19th was the first one at Tannadice, uh -huh. which I'll get at Dance Park. And um, winning, winning at Dance Park to win, to win the championship for the first time, you know, so... Yeah, so I've been very fortunate. Uh, when you went, Richard, yeah. when 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 Rangers came in for you, um, 
was that a no-brainer to go or was the fact that you were the captain in Spurs, who are a massive club in England, you yes. know, uh, you know, because these days, you know, it's out with the realms of possibility that Rangers would get the Spurs captain, you know, would get Harry Kane, you know what I mean? It just, it just couldn't happen. Obviously, different times. So were you tempted to stay? No, d- different times. I mean, everyone thinks that it was a setup, but I, I had, um, I'd signed a five-year contract at the beginning of that season, you know, with Spurs. I'd had the first season, it was a very good season. We managed to get through to the FA Cup final, which unfortunately we lost to Coventry. Um, we were third in the league, and it probably should have been second. I was playing with the likes of Glenn Hoddle, Chris Waddle, Ozzy Ardilas, Gary Mabbitt, you know, fantastic players we had at the time of the football club. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I had, uh, my wife's father had just passed away at the time and, you know, I, I was away with a team quite a bit and she was back up in Dundee and had a few, had a few issues there. Um, and Walter was, Walter, and Grand Souness was they were always they were always on the phone to me, you know, to try and to try and get me up the road back in the day, you know. So um, and you know, I said, Well, I'm not gonna put in a transfer request, but if 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 Tottenham accept that bid, um, then then I'll then I'll then I'll, then it would be okay, you know. And uh, David Holmes, who was the man in charge at the time, you know, I spoke to Urban Scholar and um, and and a bid was accepted. Tottenham asked me if if I'd be if I wanted to go, and um, I said yes, and um, we'll, we've got to remember that the English teams weren't in Europe at that stage, mm-hmm. so that was a huge uh, pull as well. Um, they were banned for for five years after the after what happened uh, between Juventus and Liverpool in 1985, so they they were banned from Europe. So that was another. That was another thing. And, and I, I looked at it and I thought, you know, as a Ranger supporter, as a, as a kid, um, my father, my grandfather, all Ranger supporters. So, you know, I, th- I was always wanting to go up there at, at, at some stage. You know, sometimes I look back and I think, what would have happened? Because Gary Mabbitt speaks to me all the time and says, oh, Goffey, if we had stayed together, Venables came two month, or about a month after I left, you know, what would have happened? And, I, you know, it would have been different. But I had my best 11 years of football at, at a football club that you had to win every game. You had to, you, you know, was every, every, everywhere we played was a full house. I think, David, you mentioned that I played with magnificent players at the football club with Gascoigne's and Landrips and Butchers and Chris Woods and, you know, even the, the, the local boys, you know, the, uh, Alistair McCoyst and just all the boys that we had, Gorham, McCall, Jury, you know, just we're we're the best players, mm-hmm. so we're going to win most of the games. It was a bit, it was just a wee bit of a pity we didn't do better in Europe a lot of the times. But there were there were factors that, that you know, in injuries and suspensions and going for nine in a row that um, that um, you know I think had a, an effect on that. I've got two questions for you at this point, Russell. Sure. Winding back a little bit, yes. when you're at United. And you've got Jim Roger on the phone, the late great Jim Roger telling you, Man United want you this one, this one, next. Did it ever strike you as a good idea to go and chap in Jim McLean's door and say, any chance? <laughs> Is that just not the way it worked? No, I, I did. I did. That's the way I that's that's how I got away in the, in the, in the end. 
when I was in my first year at Dundee United, I went into Walter Smith. I was I was cleaning the bus or something. I was 18 years old, 19, and it was Christmas time. And I, I said, oh, I've had enough of this. So I said to Walter Smith, I'm retiring. How <laughs> can you retire? You're 18 years old, man. You can't retire. So I said, I've had enough of this. So anyway, <laughs> stopped me leaving. I just got on the plane the next day down to Johannesburg. And anyway, we gym was we gym was phoning my father every day. And my father had been a, a professional, semi-professional football player. And he never told me, he told me the story later that we gym had been phoning every day and said, listen, uh, Mr. Goff, he says, I believe your boy will play for Scotland before he's 21 years old. He says, that's how much ability that, you know, faith that I've got in him. He says, but let him make his own mind to come back, you know, <laughs> let him make his own mind to come back. So my dad said, listen, go back one more time. And if, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, and I came back in February of 1981. It was a, it was a terrible winter that year. And all the games were postponed. So I never missed a game. And I came back from the Christmas for six weeks. There was no games. It was terrible. And uh, I never missed a game. And from that day I came back, I was never out of the team. <laughs> Region put me in a team. I was 18, 19. They put me in a team. Whether I was left back, whether I was midfield, whether I was whatever, I was in the team. You know what I mean? Like, so. What a sliding doors moment that is, Goffy. I mean, that, that could have been that. None of the, what happens after this point no, I know. may have I, happened. I, you know, I was young you know, and all my mates had gone to the South African Army and I wanted to go to the South African Army with all my mates. You know, I was just <laughs> young. You know, and I, you know, and I said, you know, yeah, and it was very. That's a good. That's a good uh, analogy. A sliding doors moment, Keith, because it was. It really was. And um, I came back, and it was uh, February of 1980. Uh, my dad came over in May. We went to watch the European Championships in uh, in Italy, and um, and that was it. And then that preseason, you know, from from then on, you know, I was flying, you know. So did you have a relationship with them where you could actually, because we know, we've, we've heard countless stories about how we Jim operated. Were you able were you able yeah. to go to him and say, Jim, hold on here, I think I quite fancy Man United. No, you know, so, so what, what what happened, you know, I mean, he used to hammer people. And my father was Scottish growing up, you know, in, in, in Glasgow. So he was always quite tough on me anyway. Plus he was a soldier, my dad. So I, I was always, so we Jim shouted at me never, Never used to bother, you know, bother me too much in the dressing room. You know, I mean, he killed off a lot of players, I think, you know. Um, but that was his way. He treated everyone the same and, and that was it, you know. So um, I can remember, I can remember we played Nottingham Forest um, in Wee Jim's testimonial at Tannadice, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, August, uh, August 1984. So I'm 22 at the time. So mm -hmm. Brian Clough comes to me and we say, you know, we're in, in Tannadice where, that, where they had all the, the lounges and that. Yeah. <clears throat> doing a speech for the thing. Anyway, during Legion's speech, we, Brian Clough comes over and says, how tall are you to me? You know, he says, and he, he backs up against me just to see how tall I was, right? <laughs> and we Jim's watching this, clock and this, and Clough said, I'll see you next week, son. You know, after training, right? We just beaten them 4 0. And Cross <laughs> Son had made his debut. Nigel made his debut that night. We hammered them. We were a good team then. Four, we beat them 4 0. They, they were a good team, Cross. Uh, so, 
And I'm looking at Wee Jim and he's going, I can see his face getting redder and redder, you know. This is the testimonial and coughs. So coughs tap me up in front of Wee Jim and right in front of him at his own te- at his testimonial. So the next morning I get a call from Walter. I walk in the dressing room, Walter says, the manager wants to see you. I'm like that, all right. So I go up to see Wee Jim and he says, if that country bumpkin thinks he's going to... <laughs> I really thought you were going to say someone else. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So, anyway, so I played it another couple of years, you know, and then in 86. But the best story is so Tottenham have done the deal now with me. So, but they say to me the English season started two weeks later. They said Tottenham have done the deal with Dundee United. But they've said to Dundee United have said to them, Jim Clay, I want him to play the first three games of the season. We play Aberdeen and Rangers in our first two league games. Mm-hmm. Soon as it's just that Rangers. We beat Aberdeen on the Saturday. I'll score the winner against Aberdeen. So I know that I'm going to Tottenham now already. So this is done. But I need to play these games. We go to Ibrox. We beat Rangers 3-2 at Ibrox. Soon as his first home game so now i'm supposed to they've told me Tottenham have told me i'm meeting them at heathrow i'll be picked up at heathrow whatever 10 o'clock we just don't say a word to me not one <laughs> word nothing nothing i get off the bus in dundee i go home i phone up tottenham i phone up with david Pleat at the time i said david i've not heard a word he says well you're supposed to be coming down tomorrow morning on the so anyway Nine o'clock that night, I get a call from George Grant, the Dundee United chairman. He says, I'm going to pick you up tomorrow at eight o'clock, son. I have to go down. We have to go down to London. There's been two offers, one from Chelsea and one from Tottenham. So I'll pick you up. I phoned Jim McLean, right? I phoned him to, to, to just say, you know, like, thanks for your help. And, it's a, and I just, that was okay. At the end, I just says, um, you know, Chelsea have seemingly come in with a bid for me. This is Sunday. This is Saturday night at nine o'clock, and uh, and uh, and he says, "Listen, he says you're leaving Dundee United. I don't really give a fuck who you go to." <laughs> and he put down the phone. And that was it. Put down the phone. After and that was, that was that. Brilliant. It was brilliant. You know, like so. I go down. So now I go down to Tottenham, and Tottenham picked me up at the airport. And I go see Irvin Scholar. I never met David Plee, but I go and see Irvin Scholar. And Irvin Scholar's happy. And I'm, you know, I said, listen, Mr. Scholar, I said, you know, I said, Chelsea, I've got to go see Ken Bates as well. And he said, I said, but I don't really want to do that. I said, I'd rather just sign for you here. And he says, oh, I'm pleased to hear that. So we do the deal. And then he says, can I phone uh, Ken Bates? <laughs> playing with us, right? I said, No, I think it's better that I do that. <laughs> so I phoned Ken Bates up and I says, Mr. Bates, is, it's Richard Goffier. He said, I, I said, I'm sorry for wasting your time, but I don't want to come all the way across London. And he went, Ah, fuck off, you Scottish bastard. And that was it. So I had, I had two. I had Jim McLean giving me pelters the night before, and I had Ken Bates giving me pelters when I signed for Tottenham. <laughs> It's back in the day when Logan Roy was running football. You couldn't write it. It was too, <laughs> too crazy boys. Too crazy boys. You know, like, <laughs> good man, Ken Bates. I was like, yeah. 
So then when I retired, I would go and whenever I went up to see my son, this was after Everton and stuff, I would go up and I knew where Jim lived and I would go and sit with him for an hour before I went to see my son. And he, he was, he was as good as gold, you know, with me. He says, he says, oh, he says, I always say to people, if I had 11 people like you in my team, what about some team, you know, like, and he yeah. was, he was brilliant. And, and his, his wee missus used to come and bring the sandwiches in and she used to go in the kitchen and, and he was, he was brilliant. You know, he was, he was fantastic with me. And so I, I, I knew, I knew he really, um, uh, you know, he had a lot of time for me and he had, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just because, you know, just, yeah, and he was great, he was great. I always used to pop in and see him. So it was, uh, um, it was, it was um, I'll tell you a quick story about him. We were playing at, up at Dundee United and um, we get, they get a corner. And this is how clever he was, Jim McLean. They get a corner. And the wee winger who's from Glasgow, um, he made their Hall of Fame. What was his name? The wee right winger, McLaren. McLaren. Uh, we we Andy, we Andy McLaren, right? So it's their corner, and we Andy McLaren's marking me, right? So I'm like, Andy, what are you doing? It's your corner. He says, "We Jim's told me you don't you not to head this ball out of the fucking box, right?" <laughs> <laughs> And I said, he's obviously got a lot of faith in you scoring, isn't it? We had this like that. He was holding on to me, so I couldn't go and head it. But that's how <laughs> I used to. I used to just put myself right in the middle of the six. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're like boxing, go and try and hate everything, you know? Yeah. So, so you know, I didn't mark anyone in that range in those days, you know, so... But that's what I always used to think. He's way ahead of his time yeah. by a million miles. You know, stopping me, stopping me heading the ball out of the box. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the, the other thing yeah. is, Richard, when, when, when you go to Rangers, and we were talking there, and it's almost as easy in the fog of time to think Spurs, imagine leaving Spurs for Rangers. But at that time, I think it's important to remember Rangers were the most exciting story in, in British football at the time. The fact that Sunnis had gone, the fact that Terry Boone signed the captain of England. I mean, it wasn't yeah. as if, it's not like comparing oranges with oranges these days and that the, the Premier League isn't, today's version of the Premier League isn't what it was then. And, and this thing was going on at Rangers that I'm guessing was just too attractive not to be a part of. 
Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, I look back now and uh, I can I remember I never had an agent. I've never had, I never had an agent right through my time of playing football. But I had a few advisors, you know, so but um, come up with my lawyer to like to say Graham Sooners had got us to fly into Edinburgh on that morning. We get off the plane to Edinburgh, pick up a daily record or whatever it was, and it's all over the record. No, I just stopped the other daily record to be right first thing. Yeah, put up, put up the daily record and um, it's all on the front page, golf signs for Rangers. And <laughs> my, boy, my lawyer straight away goes, oh, you've got him over a barrel now, son, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He says, well, they're not going to let you leave without you signing. So that thing that we did, that thing that you said to soon as about wages and that, that's just uh, double. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. You know what I mean? And he says, I oh, we can. He says, oh, he says, leave it with me. So we get through to Ibrox, Graham's giving me a big hug and everything, and David Holmes is hugging me. You know, I'm like, oh, brilliant. So Charlie Newman, who, who my lawyer was, says, um, there's been a slight problem. Um, Tottenham have just offered Richard, you know, double their wages, you know, to stay and be thinking about it, you know. So <laughs> anyway, Graham went absolutely ballistic as Graham did. And he was fine. He was going bananas. And David Holmes was like that. Graham, leave the room. You know, he knew what had happened, you know. So Graham left the room. And I can always remember him, he, went, he pointed back and he went, you better be worth every penny, coffee, every penny. <laughs> <laughs> And I got a good deal for the club, you know, and, um, you know. And, Brilliant. Um, uh, so get him? Had a, the laugh, you know, and um, signed a five-year contract. And, yeah, well, I had my best years, the best years of my football were, were at Rangers, you know. So then... Uh, yeah, made my debut at Tannadice, and then I went back to playing right back again. You know, so mm -hmm. from I'd been playing at Tottenham for sitting about for a for a for a whole year, then I went back to playing right back. Um, and then the first game at home, managed to well, I, I don't know how we should have been about six 0 down. I think Celtic hit the post and the, the, the crossbar a couple of times, and they had a decent team at the time, and. Um, Managed to set up Koisty for the equaliser with a 2 0 down with nine men. I mean, I, I still don't know how I managed to get back. And then we scored <laughs> in the last minute. I can remember Peter Grant running with the ball, and instead of <laughs> instead of taking it into the corner, he just smashed it into the the, the, the Rangers supports behind the goal. And Roberts quickly <laughs> took the, the the goal kick, and we Durani went up the wing, chipped it in the middle, and. And then the ball was just there. I managed to put it in, you know. So, uh, yeah, my first, my debut, my debut uh, against um, my home debut for Ibrox was probably say how my career was going to be. Although that first season we had so many players coming in and out, it was unbelievable, you know. So we were still working, but that but that second season, eighty eight, eighty nine, was one of the strongest teams that I'd played in during my time at Rangers. It was a really Gary Stevens. Chris Woods, Gary Stevens, myself, Terry, John Brown, or Stuart Munro, Mark Walters, Ray Wilkins, uh, Ian Ferguson, you know, Daley Cooper, or you know, whoever was 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 there at the time. And McCoyston Drinkle up front it was a very yeah. strong, very strong team. 
But you're right, uh, at that point, you could see Graham was ruthless, wasn't he? The, the turnover of players, there was fallouts well, with, with Graham Roberts, well, there was... Fallouts with everyone, you know, I mean, fallouts with everyone. It was quite, uh, it was quite incredible, you know. Um, I mean, I think, and he knew, he, he always used to say, I mean, I've spoke to him often, he says, when, when I signed you, Richard, he said, I knew what I was, he said, I knew what I was, get, I was getting. Because I'd seen how you operated, you know, from the age of 20 to 23, 20, you know, so he said, he said, I knew what I was getting with you. So he says, you were, you know, you were always going to be um, a very important signing for for us, you know, so, um, and that was it. And that was it. Tell us this, Richard, because, I mean, you're, you've named a lot of absolutely top-class players there, as I did in the, the little intro for this. One yeah. name that's not mentioned so far is Ian Durant. Now, you would have been there when Durant got the injury at Petodis. Yes. How, yes. good, how good could he have been? I came up and I'd seen him. I'd obviously played against him a couple of times in the, maybe because he was just breaking through. But I saw him in the 1986 League Cup final. I brought Chris Waddle and Graham Roberts up to that game. Right. Yeah. And then Roberts, was, oh, he couldn't believe it. He wanted a, he wanted a couple of ranges then. And then... <laughs> Obviously, he went to Rangers, you know. So, um, uh, and Waddle's a Rangers supporter as well. So, um, so got them up for the game. And then Reed Durant was unbelievable, you know, that thing. But I can remember goals and especially one against uh, Aberdeen in a League Cup final when he ran by, uh, when he ran by Alec McLeish and Willie, Willie Miller. And we were the two best you know, two of the best defenders I'd played against or mm. I'd seen and, and played with. And we um, Durant, he just walked past him, just put the ball in the net. You know, he was, scored, the, I think, the winning penalty that in that League Cup at yeah. 20. You know, so, no, he's going to be, he was, he was always going to be an unbelievable player. And then he obviously got the bad injury and um, had put him out for about two or three years. But he had a steely determination to get back, and he did. And he changed his he changed his style of play, and he still, you know, was a was a tremendous player for us during mm-hmm. that period. And um, I was right behind him in Marseille when he's um, when he smacked that you know the equaliser and against Marseille, which 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 if we had won that night, uh, we would have gone through to the to the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, no, tremendous player. Tremendous player, you know. Yeah, take us inside that dressing room then, well, well, seriously, because he's a firebrand. There's a lot of big personalities in that changing room. As you said earlier, there was quite a lot of turnover of players, quite a lot of friction inside the dressing room. You must have seen some sights. I think at that point, as you said, the, the, the players that were coming and going, the, the kind of fights that were happening with Sunis, there was the Morris Johnson thing in El Choco, Yep. Yeah. You, 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 it was so, it was a it was a steep learning curve, I'm guessing, to to what life was going to be like at this football club. Yeah, and it was one at all costs as well. You know, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was a. But what I think what Sooners did as well, he got really good characters. Some of you know some of the characters he brought in were were, were strong. Characters, you know, so in the dressing room itself, it was a it was a tremendous. It was, a, it was a good dressing room. It was a tremendous dressing room. I mean, you know, I, I would say when, you know, when, when uh, Graham was there and, and Walter, for, to the, to that extent, um, Walter was a wee bit different. 
but, but Graham would, you know, would come in and, um, but by the time he came in, it was a lot of it was settled because myself, Butcher, there was a lot of big Coisty, there was, was a lot of good characters in the dressing room, you know, and the good players who didn't want to lose. And um, we sorted a lot of the things out before the manager even came into the room, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, more so with Walter. Walter, I'd, you know, with Walter, if we were losing at half time, normally he would give myself, you know, we had, a, we, had a, we had an understanding that I would have two minutes with the players before he came in type thing, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, we would sort myself, Haley, McCoy, you know, we'd sort a lot of the things out between ourselves before he, Walter even came into the dressing room, you know. Um, and not always just with words. <laughs> and there was fights in the dressing room. There were all sorts of things going on, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, you know, I can remember Andy saying about it, Nigel Spackman at one time, you know, Spack was, I mean, Roy Aiken had a, hit a shot just on half time and hit, Andy on the shoulder and went in and Spackers lifted his hands in front of the crowd and and I knew, I mean Andy and I used to walk off together all the time and he jogged past me so I knew exactly what was happening <laughs> <laughs> and I watch this by the way, there's going to be trouble in the dressing room yeah, so. and he went yeah we'll get a front row seat coffee you know so we walk in and Andy's battering Nigel you know? and then, to be fair to Nigel, Nigel just sat held his head in his hands, you know, so, and Walter just carried on, Walter came in and just carried on with his tea talk, you know, nothing has happened, it was chaos a few times, you know, but, uh, what a dressing room, you know, and, that, and I always say, McCoyst and Durant, um, you know, they were the laughers and the jokers, I mean, not everyone can be the, the same, but they kept the, the, the dressing room going in a lot of, a lot of times when there was, you know, if we lost the game, I would take the boys out. We would go out, and, and I would say to Walter, "We're going out, you know, to <laughs> to release some uh, to release some energy or whatever it was." And he would give us a day off the next day. He said, "Just make sure you behave yourself, you know, and everything like that." So, I used to go down to a restaurant called the Parmiana in the Great Western Road and uh, get it shut off for the day, and uh, it was great. It was brilliant. Well, that's when you coined the phrase "the team that drinks together wins together," wasn't it? That was a, I remember that. Yeah, it was. But I think I think that was Durant's phrase, by the way. But I think it was. <laughs> I think you know we, we used to all the foreigners used to come out as well, and we would, we would stay there from one o'clock, and me being the captain had to stay there till two, three o'clock in the morning. You know, like of course you did. That's just your duty. That was the duty, and um, <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah. But I think you know we got a lot of. Issues sorted out. Let's say, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, like you know, boys who didn't maybe like each other ended up liking each other and stuff like that. Because people think everyone, you know, you're 20 people in a dressing room that you all like each other. It's not. It's not normally like that. They, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's different. Um, but once we're out on the field, we're all definitely we're on the same. We're on the same page. Was there not an incident, I think one of the guys, I remember being told, up at St Andrews or something like that, in a pub, and the boys were out for a day, and then the Hells Angels come in or something like that, and then that, that would suggest to me that if I've got this story right, you guys were more than willing to help dig each other out off the park as well. Can you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. You know what I mean? I think, uh, yeah, I was up at St Andrews, and... Uh, 
guys were asking for the pictures, but the guys, a few of the other boys were a bit, uh, had too, too much to drink. You know, they were maybe hanging about too closely with the guys' wives or something. The one guy got a bit upset and he started trying to say about a few of the guys. And I said, look, there's this Mark Haley, you know, there's a few of the boys who, you know, get handled. You know, you're you're going to beat up here, you know. So, so it was all, yeah, all kicked off, you know. And then we were banned from staying in St. Andrews for a while. You know, stuff like that. And was it Hell's Angels? <laughs> Um, there were bikers, some, yeah, biker group. It was a biker group, yeah, <laughs> biker group, you know. So it was, yeah, it was chaos, chaos a lot of the time. But we're all, yeah, yeah. How did Richard? Yeah. We, we 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 got the bill for about six thousand pounds. You know, we uh, <laughs> his room at six thousand pounds on his bill. Walter came to me and said, "This six thousand pounds." I said, "We Doddy must have a good." Good time up there, you know. Nice, uh, <laughs> no one paid the bill, you know. So, just good memories, good memories. A lot, of, which I can't share here. Yeah. How did um, Walter and yourself, I suppose, as the captain, how how did you manage to glue everybody together, though? Like, because um, there's big, diverse characters. You know, if you look at Gascoigne, I would imagine that he's the polar opposite in personality to the likes of Loudrop. And yet. Walter- I think Walter was brilliant at that, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I always say I love Sooners, I love Sooners, I still love Sooners, you know, he managed to get me, signed me for the club and he was after me for a long time, but he managed to get me to Rangers. Um, and I loved the way he managed because he was straight down the line and he treated everyone the same. And as I got older, I realised, you know, you had to, maybe that wasn't the right way to, to go about things. And Walter was terrific at that, that treating people in a, you know, different characters in a different way. And he just had a good knack of, you know, knowing what to do, especially with McCoyst. As soon as McCoyst had a problem, you know, they definitely had a problem because um, I think Ali was a wee bit too, uh, too smart for him. If, yeah. You know, type of thing, you know. I mean, you know, he'd always had a word. He always had a, you know, like, you know, so, yeah. you know, so Graham, Graham didn't, didn't like that. So they, they, they used to butt heads a lot. Although they respected each other, of course, but they, they used to butt heads. Walter knew how to play Koisty perfectly, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and Walter used to know how to play a lot of the other players, you know, the all the characters, Gascoigne's and Loudra, you know, completely different, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, Albert's completely different. And then when the Italians came, he realized he couldn't shout at them because that would upset them. So <laughs> they, they, you could shout at the Scottish ones, because, you know, like, you know, be abusive to the Scottish players, but don't don't be abusive to the Italian players because that would, you know, that you would lose it. And he, and he understood that. He was very, he was very good in his, in that, in that sort of thing, you know. Uh, David and I did Lorenzo Amoruso's autobiography and he, he told a story of, going for the 10 and things not working. Amoruso had signed but had been injured, but was yep. obviously around the dressing room. There had been I, a defeat. I'd come back to replace him. That's right, that's right. Yep. And there, there had been a defeat at Motherwell, and it was it was really getting, you know, in, in a, a sticky situation. And, and Amoruso told the story of Walter coming into the dressing room at Ibrox, maybe on the Monday or whatever, and just going through people. I mean, hammering people people up against the wall, 
and then Big Ammo said he was, he, I mean, he was terrified by us, but he said that Walter actually had gas going up against the wall, and then he yeah. said, I'm sitting next to gas going, and I can see the front of his trousers changing colour. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it was quite the culture in Italian dressing rooms to see this sort of thing. It certainly left an impression on him. Yeah. Yeah, it was different, you know, it was different. And, then times have, and times have changed when you look at... Oh, my God. You look at Jim McLean and you look at Alex Ferguson and you look at the managers of the early 80s, how they used to treat, you know, uh, the, the players, you know. It was in a different mindset. Yeah. You know, different mindset. But, yeah, so that all changed. And, and you know, for, it was probably for the better. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but the dressing room would... It was a tough dressing room to come into as well, you know. I always, I always thought about that as a as a as a foreign player coming into our dressing room. You know, it was a it made it hard for them. You had to be a you had to be a really good player to come into our dressing room, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, because it would, I can remember Peter Van Bossen coming in, and Peter was a good player, a very good player. Yeah. And but all the Glasgow boys had that banter, you know. You, you attack first before you defend yourself, you know. So <laughs> It was all that. We paid five million for you. You're shite, by the way. You know. What I mean? <laughs> you know what and I used to have to go to Peter and say, Peter, no, don't don't listen to them. You know what I mean? You're okay. You're fine. You're fine. You know what I mean? Just that's the way they they brought up. You know what I mean? It's just I don't. Okay. <laughs> it was like, you know, there was um, yeah. So a lot of them didn't understand the Glasgow the Glasgow humour. You know. I remember. What I mean? A lot of the foreigners, by the way, if they're taking the Mickey out of you, that means they like you. Yeah. If they didn't, they wouldn't even talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, type of thing. You know, and that that kind of settled them down a wee bit. Some of the players, but they couldn't. They, they found it hard to understand. Ladrup was the best one because Ladrup was so good they couldn't say anything to him. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, but that's that's to go like that. Just, What's he saying, Richard? I said, I don't know. Don't, just don't, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. But, you, but you had to put your leadership qualities into that as well. As much as Walter was, was in control of stuff, you were the, the sergeant major in there. You had to learn how to deal with all these characters. I remember, was there not once in the Champions League game in Amsterdam when Gaza got sent off? And yeah. if memory serves, you were going in, you decided that you were going to go and have a Serious wordless at half time. Yeah, I did. Yeah, after I tried to find the dressing room, we got sent off after about 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something. <laughs> we needed 14 players to play against Ajax at that time, you know? Not not be down to 10. And I, I, I couldn't see him in the dressing room, so I went in the toilet and there was one one of the cubicles was shut. And um, I heard like weeping or something. Anyway, I just booted the door down and he was, and I went, oh my God. And he was like, you know, he was crying and sorry for letting everyone down, you know, and I just, I gave him what I thought. And Walter came and pulled me away from him and said, Richard, he's had a bad time at the weekend or something. And that's when he had got in trouble up at Glen Eagles or something. With, right. You know, you know, so I said to Walter, well, why did you play him then, you know? And he says, well, if you're in this position sometime, you'll, you'll understand, you know, so it was... Oh no! I had a lot of I had a lot of good chats with Walter about a lot of the things, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was good. That was a good thing about at that period of time as well. We had a very from the age of seventeen, I had a very very close relationship with Walter Smith. 
and that um, that that continued right to my la- my last club with Everton at uh, at, mm-hmm. at Everton. So he understood me perfectly, and I understood him perfectly as well. You know, so it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a very good uh, partnership. That yeah. C two. We'll maybe talk about you know your your two years that you had at the tail end of your career there at Everton, but before that, obviously. As the nine in a row was, as you were winning seven in a row, eight in a row. How how did the pressure build up, and how did the team handle that? As uh, you know, as you as you came to this kind of mythical nine, and then obviously you left, but came back before the you know, and, and you never made the ten. Yeah, I mean, it was you know, like when I when I signed for the club, you don't think of that. I mean, I read all the stories about you know the the fantastic uh, Celtic team of that period who had. Who had gone at the, the first, you know, the European Cup, yeah. uh, and then gone on to dominate Scottish football for for nine championships in a, you know, in a row. And then, you know, they really thought of that. But when we got to about four or five, I can always remember thinking Celtic were not in a good state at that time. You know, between mm. about ninety one and ninety four, say mm. ninety five, they started a change. We when Tommy Burns, yeah. Came, and got managed to get money in and bought some better players, you know, you know, the Van Hoydoinks, the Cadets, the, the Canyons, when they came in and bought better players. And that's what the that's what the name of the game is. We for that period in the, in the especially early on, Aberdeen was our main problem. It wasn't Celtic. So but when we got to about I don't know, when we got to about Six or seven, you know, that six. Then we started thinking, ah, this this might be on, and then the press get hold of it as well, and this might be on, you know. So, and then the pressure started, you know, and then we got through eight, you know, with the it was a it was a difficult season because Celtic were a decent, a good team by then, you know. So managed to get through that, and then we got through the ninth, and then and I always remember saying to them, you know, we're going to have thirty six cup finals here, and that's why I I always think. Between between when seven, eight, and nine, right? I always think um, that affected our Euro- European involvement because mm-hmm. we had to play. You know, otherwise, I'm sure Walter would have said, "Goffy, just we're playing, we're playing whoever it was, Kilmarnock or whatever. Just rest on the Saturday. We'll need you against Ajax on the the Wednesday. It'll be better for us because it'll be better for us to do well in Europe." But it wasn't. Because now we've now we've now we've got nine in a row in our sights, and we've got the chance to to match that record, that mythical record that would never be matched. So so all of a sudden, you know, we're playing the the top players are playing every game, every game all the time, and we're going away to difficult. And no, no matter we were the better team, it still um, the games were you know were churning up, you know. And um, I always thought it'd be much better if we if we weren't going for that nine in a row, we could have given louder myself the rests so we could be perfect. You know, we could be much better like they do now. Like, like yeah. You know, but we we needed to win every game, so we couldn't rotate the system. Walter yeah. couldn't rotate that. So when we got to the nine in a row, uh, the, the the ninth season. I knew it was going to be 36 uh, cup finals, roughly, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and so it turned out. And we were flying, we were flying. We, we beat Celtic, you know, at, at Ibrox. 
I think we beat them away from home or we drew them at Parquet. So we, we were fine and uh, we were well ahead of them. And then we picked up a few injuries. We picked up a few injuries, myself included, during that period. And um, we struggled. We lumped on uh, in the nine in a row, you know, but we managed to get there. And I'd said at the beginning of the, at the end of that season that, you know, I'd really had enough. That was, we, we got the nine, that's fine. And that was maybe a mistake as well. It was probably, I announced it, I think, in October to, to make sure that people just don't say, oh, we never got a nine, so he's just leaving, you know, type yeah. thing. I announced it early, like Walter did the following season about announcing yes, it early as well, you know, so um, that I was going to go to the States. And I went over to the States, and that was, pro- was probably, when I look back now, I should have done it differently. That was a mistake. You know, I made a few mistakes in my career, and that was one of them. Um, but but um, we managed to get there, and then I came back. And in all honesty, we should have gotten a 10. I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking about it this morning. We lost in the first, the last four games of that season. We beat Celtic at home against um, Jonas Turn, scored a marvellous goal, beat them 2-0. Mm-hmm. And so that was them really buried. Um, so the game at so we knocked them and we knocked them out in the semi final. Uh huh. That, that, that was the last game. Uh, lost yeah. goal. Last goal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That league game you're talking about, was that, did you, you came back and you scored in that game, no? Is that the same no, game? Oh, no, no, no. I came back in the, yeah, I came back, yeah, that season, I'd, I'd scored uh-huh. against uh, Celtic at Park. Yeah, at, at, that's when you did the, and you, you've you been hammered for this before, haven't you? But I don't think it's quite <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's no, 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 away like that. But it no, wasn't no, a bit of 10, was it? Yeah, it wasn't a 10. It was it was a thing that the Kansas City Chiefs used to do when they scored a touchdown. They just went like that. You know, like, they, 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 it was I'm not sure I believe that. I'm not sure I believe that, Goffey. No. <laughs> this is what I'm a, I'm a, the postman said to me, you know, you got like, uh, Abrox, they got like, you know, hundreds of letters from Celtic supporters. <laughs> You're never going to get 10 and stuff like that. And the Celtic supporters don't give me that. Now they give me that one. You know, like, you know, <laughs> so. No, it's all good in the banter and stuff like that, you know. So, um, but I didn't think I was going to score, you know, that day. I mean, scored a few against Celtic, but I didn't think I was going to score that day. And um, I said to Gascon and Ladrup and McCoyst, if you manage to get one, let's we'll do the night, we'll do a raising the roof, you know. <laughs> and I've scored at their end when they used to have supporters, you know, the whole crowd, the whole, the whole stand was seven thousand five hundred Celtic supporters, so. I've scored at their end, and I just started running away back to us. Like <laughs> but I got pelters for it, yeah, that, you know. So, yeah. but yeah, and then we beat we beat Celtic at home, knocked them out the next week. I think we knocked them out the the the, the Scottish Cup, the, the semi final to to my. So we we had them on toast, 
And then we lost at home to Kilmarnock. Yeah. And we drew against Dunfermline at, mm. at home. So we dropped five points, and that was a five points that, that cost us a, the, the league. You know, mm. it cost us 10 in a row. You know, right down to the wire, you know. And uh, we beat Dundee United the last game, and I think, and Celtic won their game at home. So that, that was yeah. it. it so, Tell, tell me this, Gopi, given that so much emotional investment and such an enormous chunk of your, your adult life went into achieving what you achieved there, yeah. was there a relief when Rangers stopped Celtic from getting 10 a couple of seasons back? Did that come as a relief or was that another chapter? It, it, it wasn't as big to you as... You mean you mean the recently when Gerard... Yeah, when, Steve, when Steven Gerrard said... Stopped it. You know, it was, um, you know, I, I think it's was probably like um, Billy McNeil called me after we got nine in a row and said, mm-hmm. well, congratulated me. You know, I mean, that type of thing. It was it was a classy thing to do. So, but I'm sure, did, I'm sure, he, yeah, I'm sure he didn't want us to go on and get the 10, you know what I mean? Like type <laughs> thing, you know? So, no, no, I was, I was, I was, I was um, relieved. When when we got the we managed to stop getting uh, Celtic getting ten, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, it looked like you know there's a very good chance that we'd go on and get it, um, and then we had a we had a perfect season, which was which was which was tremendous. Um, yeah, and I, you look again now, you know, the two clubs now, it's such a, it's different because I always think that when. When uh, Celtic got it, and then we got it, the other teams around were better. Mm-hmm. I feel they were better. You could drop points against them, but nowadays you, you're looking at it. You, very seldom will Celtic or Rangers drop points against the the other teams. You know, so it's rarely a two horse race now. You know, very much. Are so. you? Are you? Are you? You know, we talk about the emotional investment, Richard, and obviously you're tied to that club for the rest of your life. Yes. Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you concerned about the recent events, about how things are just now, about the gap between Rangers Celtic, about the stuff that's been going on off, off the pitch, which seems to have been going on for forever now? I mean, how do you yeah, well, look at you that know, from afar? From, 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 from 2012, you know, from, from, from the thing, it has been sad, you know, for, for our club. You know, it was... Uh, you know, you were worried about losing, worried about losing everything. You know, back mm-hmm. then, and I managed to, you know, the people that came in managed to change it. Dave King coming in, and I think it was two fourteen, and he asked me to get involved at that time. Um, you know, so we managed to steady the ship a wee bit, and we steadied the ship. Gerard was a, a marvelous um, personality. You know, to to get into the club. You know, and he came with high standards and, and, and good standards, and we, we managed to 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 like get the, the championship. But now it seems to it seems to have it seems to have gone back a wee bit. You know, I mean, we we become, and I think Celtic and Rangers will always have to do this now. Is become selling clubs, mm-hmm. you know, selling the players, and we like I mean, we managed to get to the European final, which was which is incredible. With the with the with the team that we had, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Van Bronckhorst did a remarkable job, you know, getting through those European games, and um, 
you know, we, we hopefully was going to kick on from that. But then we sold. We sold Ariba. We sold Bassi. Um, oh, so we sold, you know, and we never replaced them with quality. And if you take your best players, I always think football's about your players, you know. And as soon as you say back in the day, Buffy, I've signed yourself, I've signed Butcher, I've signed Stevens, I'm not going to tell you boys how to defend. <laughs> you know it. I bought you for a lot of money um, because you're you're very good players. And if you put a if you put a group of eleven very very good players together, you'll be fine. You could manage him, Keith, and say, yeah, you know, yeah. But you know, I'm I'm not joking. You could say to the boys, you know, just do this, you know, and do what you uh, usually do, guys. Do what you usually do. <laughs> Go and win football games, you know. And that's you know, you know, sometimes now when I look at all these guys making all these formations and this and I was thinking, you know, you've got great players, so you, you're going to most of the time you're going to win the games, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, I've lost my track of thought where we were going there, but... Uh, no, I, I, I think that's the, the difference is what you're saying is, Richard, that, that quite simply Celtic have got better players than Rangers at the minute in time. Oh, yeah, you did that. And I, we, well, we said that. We said that. I said that in an article I did the other day, you know, and I, and I don't, I don't like saying that, you know, but, um, um, you know, the game that I watched the other day, and I watched, I still watch all the games, and I'm still very closely connected to the club, and I want, you know, and I, I, I will always be closely connected to the club, um, uh, because of the achievements that we had there, that small period of time. I always think in you know, the 150 year history of Rangers Football Club, that was the most important. That was the most successful period that the football club has had mm-hmm. in their 150 year history. So, I know every time I come back to Glasgow, and I miss Glasgow a lot. Every time I come back to Glasgow, I still a lot of people come up to me and, and you know want a picture or this or what that, and you know and just and tr- and it, I think it triggers memories of mm-hmm. what what. And it's 25 years ago now since I played for the club this May, you know, and then lost the last game against Hearts in the Scottish Cup final. But that was the best football, you know, and I captained Tottenham, I captained Everton, which is two fantastic football clubs, you know, and uh, I always say that I had my best 11 years of my football career at Rangers Football Club. Always, I always yeah. say that, you know? and it was because it was. You had to win every game. You had to go out and win every game, and you know it was full house. I think I played in full houses my whole whole career. You know, mm-hmm. with, with Rangers, you know, so it was, it was a great time, and I was had very good players, you know. So yeah. uh, I feel I feel for the club now at the moment because it's still, you know, we haven't Scottish football in general hasn't got the the financial backing, you know, like. That you know that that the English Premier League has got. You know, going back to what you said about another reason why I came up in 1987, October 1987, to play for Rangers, and the people forget this as well. Rangers doubled my money that I was getting yeah. it on. Now, mm-hmm. if you can think of it that way, not only the transfer fee, but they gave me twice as much money I was getting it on. Yeah. You know, maybe that was because they put me on the front page of the Daily Record. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know why. But, you just, know, but, but the wages, uh-huh. 
were, were prevalent at, uh, at Rangers then to what the Premier League were. If yeah, not, it's a different story, different ballgame. If, you know, like, if not higher. And, and I mean, I, I, I remember saying to David Murray, I used to go through to David Murray every couple of years and, and speak, sit with him and do my contracts or do this. And I never had an agent. And I just mm. said to him, David, just, I said, I'm running that, that, that cuckoo's nest in there, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, that dressing room. That's what it was like, you know. I said, so, <laughs> just give me the most money and, you know, and that's fine. <laughs> and I said, if I find that otherwise, I'll, um, I'll uh, you know. With somebody else. I can remember Koisty, this is a good story. I remember Koisty coming to me one day since coffee, me and you are running this place, right? <laughs> and he says, I've never asked you about money. He says, but he says, we've got gas going, we've got Ladrup, and members probably getting more money than us. And, and I was like, I says, Koisty, I said, I've got a deal that I get $1 more than anyone that comes in that room, you know? <laughs> And he looked at me like that. He went, you're joking, aren't you? I went, no. Two minutes later, Walter Smith called me into the room. He said, what did you say? I said, why? He says he's demanded to go and see the chairman immediately. He wants the captain's contract. And Walter says, that's the best. That's the best story I've ever got. Obviously, you loved you loved your time there. That's coming across in the conversation we're having here. You were also yeah. a Scotland player for sixty-one caps. I'm, yeah. I'm always telling people that sixty-one caps should have been a hundred caps. Why did that not happen? Twenty should have been yeah, hundred twenty. Then fine. <laughs> Why did that not happen? Um. Happened because I, I, I was, uh, you know, I'd fallen out with Andy Roxburgh a couple of times. You know, he's, you know, I thought he had let me down a few times, and um, I stupidly managed. I did a book stupidly, and they obviously wanted, you know. And I said, Andy and Craig Brown were they were different to Jock Steen, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And they were different. They were, they were different characters, and I should have kept my mouth shut. And just let things be as they are. I mean, I was a kid in Scotland, you know, like, and we got beat 5 0 by, by Portugal. 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 Yeah, and, and then there's, the, there's in the papers, it's Brian Irvin's, Andy's saying Brian Irvin's going to replace me and the team and everything. And I'm like, you know, I said, Andy, I phoned Andy up and I said, Andy, just tell the papers that that's not right. And I'm your still your captain. Oh, they just do what they want anyway. And I'm like, oh. Right, you know, so another fallout, you know, and uh, but I should have gone to the people I trust, like Walter Smith, and say, "How do I deal with this?" You know, but mm -hmm. I didn't, and I, uh, I, um, I uh, did a, uh, you know, a book criticizing Andy and criticizing Craig Brown, which was wrong. I always think it was, it was a, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that, and um, that would have, I should have just kept my mouth shut, and that would have. Got me another 60 caps. But yeah. when I, um, because I can remember playing, and I played my best, I played my best football, I think, personally. I played my best football between 95 for Rangers, for especially 95 and, yeah, 98. You know, I, 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 was, I, I was at the top of my game. I was, you know, I was experienced. 
I knew how to man manage games. And, you know, I was really, really at the top of my game. Um, maybe playing for Scotland helped me with that, not having the extra games. Mm. You know, you know? uh, but you still missed the Euros in a World Cup. That was the flip side. I missed a European, I missed a, a Euro and a European Cup, you know. So, uh, and then I can remember even when I went to Everton, I was playing in 2000, you know, 99, 2000, and England played Scotland. And I had Robbie Fowler and, um, and um, Mike Michael Owen. Yeah, saying, he's the best Scottish defender by a mile. You know, by 100, by, by 100 miles, he's the best way. He's not playing, you know. And, <laughs> you know, like, and that was, you know, when we were playing England in the two, in the playoff game. Yeah, the playoffs, yeah. playing, you know. And I, but I always said to Craig, I always said to Craig Brown, um, uh, you know, when once Andy, because after I did that book, Andy got sacked. He got, right, like two months after. So then Craig Brown took over. So, you know, you know, I, I said to, to to the press, asked me, would you pay for us? I says, yeah, well, if Craig wants me, I'm there. I'm, I'm there for him. But he obviously he, he, he didn't want to go down that road. And, and to be fair, we qualified for a couple of uh, tournaments. Um, and um, and that was that, you know. So, But I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake of mine, you know. Is that a stinger, Richard? Is that a stinger or one of the major regrets that, you know, you, you burned yourself on it? Yeah, and you know, it's quite funny because I saw a piece by Duncan Ferguson the other day saying as well that was the, he, had, he had done a similar thing. Not, mm-hmm. yeah, his was completely different to mine. I mean, yeah. I had 61 caps already and played for 10 years for the, or 11 years for the national team. So, you know, I could walk away at 61 caps at 31 years old, but the way my career went, I thought I got better mm-hmm. from from 33 to, uh, and I played till 39. So that's what I mean. I could have, yeah, I could have literally had another 60 caps if, if things had, if things had been okay, you know. Um, uh, yeah. So that was a, yeah, that was a, and. I, you know, like, I always look at the Dutch and they fall out with their managers all the time and they get They fall back in. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, well, we'll have a fall out with the manager, then the new manager comes in and we'll, we'll be okay. But <laughs> because I obviously criticised, you know, Craig as well, but, but yeah. I could play, but he, but he didn't want that. So that was fine. I, I couldn't do anything about it. And then in an adverse fact, it helped Rangers, I think. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't playing the next oh. ten season for the for the national team, you know. So, yeah, I had the summers off, and you know, so you know, so you know, swings swings and roundabout. But yeah, it's one it's one thing that I regret. On, in, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I suppose yeah. over the course of your your career, Richard, that's if that's if that's a big regret. You know, the 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 highs way outweigh the, the, the lows by, by a country mile, I would assume, just as we're trying to kind of wind this up. But, you know, looking back in your career, there's not too much that you would have changed, I, I would take it. No, there's not, there's not, there's not much at all, you know. Um, I sometimes look, I sometimes have these these flashbacks about saying, what what happens if I'd stayed with Tottenham for, you know, for, I would have been with Tottenham for 10, 15 years, you know. At a, at a fantastic club like them, um, you know. But you know, 
like I said, in, when I came up to, 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 to Glasgow in 87, October 87, um, Glasgow was kicking off as well, you know, back then. It was the whole thing was just like, the whole thing was mm-hmm. was, was huge. It was, we had the garden, you know, we had the thing at the... Yeah. Garden festival. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, culture, that's right. You know, the places were opening up in Glasgow. Glasgow's a place to be right back then, you know? And there was really a, a great time. That, that 10, 11 years in Glasgow was what to play, you know, the place was jumping, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the football club was, the football club, we had the best players. We, you know, we were, was probably the top three in Britain of, of football clubs, mm-hmm. you know, you know, at that time, you know, with the, with everything, you know? So, you know, so it was a marvelous, it was a marvelous place to play, to play your football, you know, at that time, you know? So, no, I wouldn't, you know, I would I would change a few things. Um, you know, when I left, I, I should have I should have stayed for the 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 ten in a row ten. from the beginning from the beginning, mm-hmm. and I was probably should have stayed. I could have. I had the option. David Murray spoke to me when I came back. I had a two year contract. I had a year on my contract to go when Advocat first came in, mm-hmm. and I could have stayed then as well. And oh. that was another. Thing I, I think about if I'd stayed, you know, and just learned under a new manager, and how would that have gone, you know, with the, you know, and uh, just stayed at Rangers because yeah. when I look, when I look, going to America, maybe maybe that wasn't such a, a, a wise idea at that time, but when I look back, I should have most probably stayed at Rangers because I would have played for Rangers till two thousand two thousand one maybe, you know, yeah. You know, right. so I would have got another 200 games for Rangers, you know, so, uh, you know, during that period. So I, I made a few, I made a few, what, rash decisions, you know, in my career. So, uh, but, but, but the upside was that there was far more greater moments than regrets. Yeah. You know, that, that was definitely the thing. And to, to win, to win 18 trophies, you know, I look now at a team, you know, and I, I think, I, I can't, where are we going to get the trophies from, you know? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look at, I look at Tavernier playing as a fullback and scoring, scoring 100 goals for the club. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, a, it's an incredible achievement. And I, but I look at the teams that he's been there, but only got, he's only managed to, the Two trophies. Of, a couple of trophies, yeah. and you know, I'm, I would guarantee he would rather have ten trophies in his pocket than a hundred goals. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Yeah, because yeah, absolutely. Is that 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 you remembered for? You know, mm-hmm. that you remembered for, and then people still come to me today and go, "Oh, I remember this, Richard. I remember this. I remember this. I remember that goal against Celtic, or, or remember your Scotland goal against your two Scotland goals against Cyprus, and yeah, you know." You know, got us through to the World Cup in 1990 and stuff like that. You know, so your goal against England. So I've got mm-hmm. far more um, memories, um, good memories, better yeah. than the bad ones. Yeah, the, the, bad, the bad ones was the bad ones was I shouldn't have ended my Scottish career. My, my, my Scottish career shouldn't have ended like it did. And if I had my time again, I would have stayed 
that ranges off to nine in a row. I did the 10, and then I would have probably been there for two, two or three years more. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And the whole thing, to go back to the right at the very start, you could have ended up being the Commander-in-Chief of the South African Army by this time if you'd have done that. <laughs> he said it, no sliding doors. You know? If my dad wasn't, if my dad, yeah, my dad had a lot to do with that, you know, and, 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 and saying, listen, and I, I can always remember, and an analogy with a story, I can remember Craig Moore coming over to us as an mm-hmm. 18-year-old. And I said to Walter, you know what you've got to do with this kid? And he says, what's that? I said, send him home to go to his family, you know, because he's in Glasgow by himself. He doesn't, you know, he's a long way from home. I said, remember what, remember what happened to me at Dundee United? I, I, I just wanted to go because I was homesick. I said, he, Walter sent him home. Three uh-huh. weeks. Yeah. It's gone, you know what I mean? And just so you, you learn, you know, as you think. So, yeah, but that could have, yeah, that could have turned out, that could have turned out uh, sliding doors moment. You know, if, I'm, if my father hadn't been clever with me, I, I, I remember going into Johannesburg straight away and he sent me to Durban, which is on the coast. And he mm-hmm. said, go, go find, go find out what you want. And I was, I was walking down on the beach and I bumped into a few of my mates from school and they were going to the army. And that's why I talk about the army. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, how's this football going? And we're so proud of you and blah, blah, blah. And, that made me think as well, you know, mm-hmm. that um, I said, oh, they said, what are you doing back here? I said, oh, I've got an injury and they let me come back for an injury. So I just lied to them, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to tell them I'm actually homesick. I'm homesick. Uh, <laughs> homesick Africa, you know? so, but that also put me in a, you know, a frame of thought, you know, so, and then when I came back to Joburg, my dad says, man, God, give it another chance for a wee while. Yeah. And, that, uh, and from then I was, I was in the first team all the time. Exactly. The rest is history. And the rest, yeah, and the rest, yeah, and the rest was. It's been absolutely fabulous talking to you. I know we've had a few technical hitches there, so apologies for that. But it's been a brilliant chat with you. So thoroughly enjoyed. We'd like to thank you for your time with that, and uh, hopefully we will see you back in these shores soon. Yeah, I'm coming back. Hopefully, maybe I'm definitely coming back between June 8th and. about June, I think, 18th, and then I'm going to see my mother. My mother's still uh, in Stockholm. All right. Stockholm, but she's still over there, and she's 84 now, but going well. So, yeah. That could be another one. I could have played for Sweden, by the way. No, 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 oh, she could do. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, I think that's why we Jim said to my father, he'll play for Scotland before he's 20, because I think they wanted to get me capped. You know, we Jim, uh, we Jim was uh, with Jock Steen at the time. Right, right. Right, right, of course. So, that's exactly what it would have been. He's obviously said to be Jock Steen at the time, you know, like, (laughs) we got got a boy here who could maybe play for Sweden as well, get him. Yeah, my cat. Exactly, I know. Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much again, sir. Thanks, Richard. No problems, guys. All the best.